special, special day. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. Too many independent, cool, small businesses fail. In fact, too many never even had a chance of success. Why? Because the people who are best at making something awesome, the doodlers, the idealists, the drama people, the God Squad, the folks who care about something, they're the least likely to understand the basics of how to make something people want and connect other people to that thing. That's what we're here to do at The Fizzle Show. We help creative, independent business folks figure out how to build their thing. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If this was Disney's famous Middle Eastern folktale, he would be Aladdin, scrappy, street rat, unstoppable charm, destined for love and princely responsibilities. Caleb Wojcik, he would be the genie. Because of uh, his his whimsy and number wanging is nothing short of magic. And me, Chase Reeves, I'd be Abu, the mischievous monkey. Who writes this stuff? Actually, you did. This one came from Eric in an iTunes review. Thanks, Eric. Love it. Today on the show, we are answering listeners' questions about traffic, web traffic, how to get it, how much is enough, etc. This is a huge question that we hear about all the time from uh, from people on Think Traffic as well as just people on the street. They just kind of stop me. Hey, man, what should I do about web traffic? <laughs> it's crazy. So we're going to answer those questions here. And you're in for a special treat because not only are there some a couple special bonus questions at the end, but um, you're going to get a handful of great pieces of advice from Corbett because he's been building his traffic, his business called Think Traffic for several years. And he's got some great insights on what you should actually be thinking about. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Let's get into it. This is going to be a little more of a conversational episode because we are actually going to be answering listener questions. Um, we have a bunch that have come in over the, the last few months, and and we haven't been able to th- put them into you know all the episodes. Uh, so I wanted to be like, let's let's just answer them all now. And I think that sounds good to you, Caleb, and you, Corbett. Yeah, I mean, basically, what you're saying is that we talk so much that we never end up getting to listener Q and A. Yeah, and frankly, that feels a little rude to me. Does feel at this point. And this is uh, this is one of those things that we're experimenting with. Like everything, we're very open to feedback. And if you guys would like to reach us about this episode, if you'd like to hear more of them, if you think it's the dumbest idea we've ever had, just write us at hey guys at fizzle dot co. That's right. (laughs) Um, So all of these questions were submitted through uh, fizzle. Fizzleshow.co. Uh, if you go to fizzleshow.co, you'll, you'll see the little like, hey, submit your question or write one in. Um, we're going to hopefully get to everyone who's, who's uh, done an audio. Uh, there's a way for you to quickly record an audio one. And I like those because then I can, I can put them into, the, into Logic Pro as we're, and you can actually listen to the question being asked, which I like. So without any further ado, Caleb, you feel like anything else to say before we get started? No, let's get right into it. All right, let's uh, get right into it. So we have a few questions about traffic, but let's start with this first one here by Manisha. Hi, um, I'm calling from India. My name is Manisha, and I own a travel company, um, a spiritual travel company called Secret Escapes, and we specialize in creating um, upbeat travel to India. 
my question to you is, as a, as a small business owner, how do I focus on all these online resources or all these online techniques there is to get business to, to one site? There's SEO, there's newsletters, there's opt-ins, there's WordPress. Um, so do I run my business or do I focus on um, all these different online ways to get traffic to my website? Um, I'm good at running the business, but I'm not really good at the online front of it. Um, so yeah. Okay, that's my question. And by the way, I love you guys. Um, it's great learning from your online courses. I think you're doing a great job. Uh, Keep it up. Uh, we guys need you. Okay, bye. Oh, I loved that. That was so sweet. <laughs> that was great. And that's um, that's Manisha Paniker from Silk Route Escapees. Um, we've had a conversation before. It's basically a travel company where if you want to go to India and you want to have them really tailor the experience yeah. for you, um, they'll handle everything. Wow. They have like you know, basically trips all planned out for you. That's crazy. Um, and so, Caleb, give me a give me a recap of, of what you really asked there. It sounded like it was what are the most important sort of things to be doing as a business owner to get more people to the site. Yeah, pretty much. What techniques and tactics are the best for her business to get people that would potentially use her business? And I think also site. maybe she's just feeling overwhelmed because there's so many different things. It's like, where right. do I start? Should I do SEO? Should I do social media? Should I focus on a newsletter? All these different kinds of things, right? And um, you do, I mean, I think a lot of people hear the advice pretty commonly about being everywhere, which uh, a friend of ours, Pat Flynn, likes to talk about. And I think that's even more intimidating a lot of times. It's Mm. like, oh, so what, I have to start a podcast and I have to have a YouTube channel and I have to start a newsletter and do SEO and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe eventually you can get there after you've been at it for five years. But if you're just starting out, I mean, that's crazy to try all those things mm-hmm. reminds me of the question that we've uh, had within the fizzle forums about it was kind of like that like okay so what should my strategy be on twitter and then what should my strategy be on facebook and then you know someone who's totally new to both these social networks and i just kind of said you know what like i don't have i personally have never had a facebook strategy and i think i'm leaving money on the table over there and eventually i should figure that out but but I'm not in pro mode yet. It have, you know what I mean? Up to now, I haven't been in pro mode. I've been in who am I and what am I here for mode, and yep. does this business have any legs? You know, and right. that, that what's been really important for me is being myself and figuring out which of these networks, which of these tools I can be myself most on, and Twitter has totally been that totally. for me. And also thinking about your audience and really thinking about, okay, the people that you want to reach already hang out somewhere online. Your question is, as the business owner, where do my people hang out? Are they going to Google and looking for things? Are they spending time on Twitter? Are they on Facebook? Are they reading blogs? Are they reading the New York Times? Like, Think about your audience and where they're hanging out. And your job has to be to get in front of those people. Now, in some cases, you might say, okay, they're, they're typing stuff into Google, but they're also on Twitter. And me personally, as a business owner, I... I just connect better with Twitter, so I'm going to do that. Yeah. Like maybe you choose based on yourself and your audience. But I've heard, I've noticed a lot of people really spin their wheels, wasting a lot of time on Twitter, for example, mm-hmm. when they're trying to reach a group of an audience that just doesn't spend time on Twitter. Let's come at this from. Uh, well, first of all, Caleb, let's let's hear what you would say to Manisha. Well, I think her business is so specific, like that you were talking about, Corbett. It's people that are taking trips to India. Mm-hmm. 
that this is a rare circumstance where I think search engine optimization would be a good strategy for her. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and because that kind of what I was getting into is like, what if we talk specifically to this, mm-hmm. this concept yeah, of it. travel to India? Yeah. And so you're saying, Caleb, uh, optimize for search and meaning it's not just travel to India either. It's high end travel to India. Yeah. And I, and I love that. That's, that's a, a, such a perfect qualifier. You know, that makes, yeah. that makes our life easier. And just more about Manisha. She also has connections to New York city as well. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, those are kind of the angles that she's coming from. Got it. Would you agree with that, Corbett, that in this circumstance, search engine would be something that you would recommend she focus on? Well, let's let's see. If if somebody's looking for, for high-end travel to India, right. So I can just picture it. For me, I, when I think about her, her company and I look at her website, I really can just picture it as an article in the New York Times travel section. Mm. It just fits that really well, yeah. you know? Or in the, you know, when you're on uh, United Airlines and you read that... Um, what is it? Three perfect days is a, a thing that they run. Oh yeah, that's three right. perfect days in blah. You know, in some city or something. I it I seems only fly, to. I only fly Southwest. Seems to fit that sort of thing as well. Um, so because it's higher end travel, yeah. I, I don't know how many people um, travel higher end that sit down to Google and go, you know, I want to travel to India. I think they more like they read the sources that they trust, which yeah. are probably um, Travel and Leisure magazine, New York Times travel section. And um, also talk to their friends and and get referrals about things. Part of me thinks of you know I I would I would love to I'd love to do that trip, but I don't read travel magazines, and I probably won't read the travel section of something something. Um, but I am the kind of person who would maybe I don't do a, tri- a big ass trip every year, but I'd like to do a good trip in in India. And frankly, I don't even know that that's possible to be led around. The idea of traveling to India sounds crazy and overwhelming. You know what I mean? In some ways, um, and so yeah, the the idea of a of a piece like in a New York Times or, um, and I, I'd actually really like that somehow. Where I even if I'm not looking specifically at travel, could be infiltrated with a how e- could could somehow encounter. It's easy. Look at all this amazing stuff that that happened. Like the three perfect days thing that that, that stuck in my head because that sounds awesome. I know you could put together three perfect days in in India or in one city in India or something like that, uh, bringing in the historical Silk Route thing, bringing it whatever. Um, but I, I like the I like looking at it from the angle of how do we do interesting things to get people to talk about us, you know? Instead of how do I optimize? How do I make this headline better? Or how do I this that and the other? Here's one thing. Little caveat. I think search engine optimization is more important than any of us really wish it was. You know? Like, we know SEO always feels good, douchey. It always feels like all all noise, no signal. You know what I mean? That that kind of thing. And, and certainly it has that uh, it has it has that background, you know? But at the same time, it's in, it's valuable, you know? Um, but is, but, but like looking at our, our analytics for think traffic, huge traffic, tons of search stuff, right? Lots of people landing on lots of different posts. And how many of those become avid fans? I don't know. I like that, that they have the opportunity to see what we're about and potentially become an avid fan. But what I, the dream for me is growing, you know, a person at a time as they share it with their network, with their network, with their network, you know, in building that trust, building that, that relationship through 
actual, you know, organic relationships. I love that. But obviously yeah. that's a slow way to grow, which is what it sounds like these are probably premium high price tag things. You only have to sell however many you have to sell per month or per year or whatever, right? Well, and here's, but here's the other thing. So you guys are talking about search engine optimization, but um, you, it's very difficult to optimize a site that has like eight pages. You're just not going to get a lot of search traffic is there no, to a site that no has eight pages. There? No, there's no, she doesn't produce content. So, the question in that case is, you know, does she want to create a bunch of content? Because yeah. to rank highly in the search engines, you're going to have to produce a decent amount of content. Yeah. Like Google loves um, sites that have all kinds of different articles and that are publishing on a regular basis, and it's really easy to rank. If you have like a brochure site, it's almost impossible yeah. to rank. Yeah. So in her case, you know, it's a big question. Should she be producing content? And yeah, I absolutely think so. I mean, I think that's a great way to write about all of the different destinations and the trips that they do. And just to be become a resource for people that are looking to go to these places. Which costs lots of time and money. Which right? costs lots of time and money. Either, but, either you yourself writing, the founder writing the stuff, or paying a writer or a, a travel agent or someone with the expertise right. who has the skills to write it. Right. But the idea of like, uh, you know, I, I've worked in a lot of enterprise environments, and and there was a lot of money goes into making a white paper or a research paper of some kind that's valuable. And guess what? It's sponsored by whoever it is. Yeah, it mentions their business exactly yeah. um, as a solution to this problem we've just researched. Right? Yeah. Um, so now the other thing for uh, Manisha though is the if she doesn't want to create content, which is completely understandable, and yeah. you know, like I said, I mean, if she works um, to get PR, if she has something that's newsworthy and can get in touch with someone who's writing these magazines um, or, you know, newspapers, that could be a really interesting in. Now, if she can't get in touch with those people or whatever, or is, is working towards it in the meantime, there are a lot of travel bloggers who would be willing to write about her in exchange for experiencing one of her trips. This Mm -hmm. is a pretty common thing. We, I'm friends with a lot of travel bloggers and they often go on excursions that are sponsored by some adventure company, some Mm -hmm. adventure travel company. And then they write about that on their blog because they have popular platforms. So for Manisha, she could go out there to the universe of travel blogs, which there are, you know, thousands of, um, identify the ones that seem to have the right audience, the sort of higher end people that are adventurous enough to go somewhere like mm-hmm. India and the places she's talking about, and then contact them and see if they'd be interested in doing an eight or nine day adventure like she talks about yeah. in exchange for some coverage. So we've mentioned a couple things. Number one, you just meant, let's go backwards. So that was you're talking to look, look at people who have audiences already, be they bloggers. You know, let's say specifically, look at bloggers who have this audience already and put together some sort of deal with them, whether that's an affiliate sales relationship or I'll give you a free trip if you do this and we make, you know, we get X number of sales, right? Right. Um, so that's one way to do it. The another way to do the another angle on that similar thing is more traditional media route of like a New York Times, a, you know, like a, like a Sky Mall magazine. I saw some book. It was Sky Mall, M-A-U-L. And it was a parody on <laughs> nice. all crazy, uh, in, like, like unreal things you could buy in there. It was made by this comedy troupe. Brilliant. But um, you can go to, the play, to, to more traditional things like books, magazines, newspapers, things like that. Try to do the traditional PR stuff. Yep. Uh, we also mentioned SEO uh, 
and content creation, which, which means content creation. and creating content always lends itself to not only SEO. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that she needs to do SEO by creating content. If you do a good job and create things that are useful, mm-hmm. you really don't have to do SEO. Yeah. Search traffic will come to you if you create useful content. So one with. of your Corbett, one of your biggest posts ever is write epic. Shit. Um, and it's about this concept of don't write boring things. Don't write things you're disinterested about. Don't yeah. write things you're apathetic about. Don't write things that aren't don't produce ripples in the world. Um, and so the 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 strategy being, if you could come up with a handful of ideas of amazing things, maybe give away all of your, your give away most of what you do, like all of the information and knowledge that you Absolutely. have about India. It's like, yeah, write. Hey, this is what's the best hotel to stay in in New Delhi. Hey, what's the best hike to do day totally. hike to do here writing those things um could could be insanely valuable in a sense because because those do diy travelers who are going to find that stuff um and want to do it on their own they're probably yeah. not your customers anyway some people are going to find that information and go great can you do this for me can you yeah. set it all up yeah. you know so what did we say we said seo and, one of, and, and caveat here we've used the term content creation plenty of times and enough times for oh, we me, have to put a we have to put a dollar in the jar, right? <laughs> enough times if for me to, do, to, to need to do an actual audio caveat here. Yeah, we I hate that term. It's an industry standard term of creating content. It's something that people in suits who sell you know screen space on media sites use. You it's know, like saying demographics. It's I, I don't I don't dig it. I which don't dig demo? It. Which demo are you after? Well, so, anyways, the point being, when we say content, you, you got to create some content. What we really mean is make something interesting. Make a video. Make a blog post. Typically, it's a blog post. Answer someone's question. Give us some tips and tricks. There's people out there who are literally dying about knowing where to do this thing or they're struggling about X, Y, and Z. They're, they're anxious about it. Alleviate some of that pain. Right. You know, uh, give them a... Right. Give so them don't create a, content. Solve problems. Oh, don't create content. Solve problems. Put a fork in it. Blog post time. All right, Manisha. Write us back at... Uh, hey, guys. Is that what it is? Hey, hey guys. Hey, guys at fizzle.co. You have to be upbeat when you say it, though. You write have us, to be a little wacky. Write us back at, hey, guys, <laughs> at fizzle.co. And let us, know, uh, let us know if we answered your question. What's going on, man? We'll do a, a follow-up at some point. Follow-up. All right, Caleb, what else we got? Well, we got another traffic-related question here. Let's take a listen to it. Hi, this is Joachim Oschulz of ReggieSteadyScar.com. Good luck with your podcast, first of all. My question is, um, well, I've been experimenting with um, Amazon affiliate links in the last months, and I don't think that the results are satisfying. It may have to do with uh, my traffic maybe i just don't have enough traffic and i would like to know how much traffic would you say a website needs before affiliate links maybe to amazon or something like google adsense makes sense i don't have an, a product at the moment um so these are the um, my first um, experiments with uh, monetization. Awesome! That question from Joa Chim. Jo- hey, Joa Chim. Joa Chim. Jesus, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> it's a it's a German name. I yeah. think it's like Joachim. 
<laughs> something, oh, something along those lines. Your mouth just literally made <laughs> like a, 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 a. It was incredible the motion your mouth made. Say that again. You are him. Oh, <laughs> so, something along those lines. We'll have to get an expert on. And actually, when I when I said that, just just dub in what he how he pronounced his name <laughs> over what I said. <laughs> got it. Um, we'll just call him Joe. So Joe, Joe, because his email is, it starts with Joe. So we got yeah. we got that going for us. Um, here, I'm the dumbest guy in the room on Amazon here, so I'm just going to start and yeah. say. Uh, I've never had enough traffic to make even a dollar on it. No, I've made, I made, I made actually quite a few dollars on Amazon doing affiliate stuff, but it's, it's never been with the intention of making all that much. I started aeropresso.com because I really love the aeropress and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a rich selling aeropress through <laughs> Amazon with my instructional video and my merchandising of the product. Um, and, I basically, I, I just, I really like, I really like the AeroPress, and and I think I've made, uh, you know, maybe twenty, thirty, forty cents or so off of that. But I have, you know, people have said like, you're the AeroPress guy. Like I've totally. had that happen. That's been good. It's uh, more like because they already had one and they want to know how to use it, so they go exactly. to your site. Um, but then. Uh, it does change if you are selling high end gear, like more if you're doing expensive things like uh, cameras. The AeroPress is twenty five bucks or something. Well, it's, yeah. So let's just do a little math, okay? So okay. the AeroPress is twenty five bucks or or thereabouts, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Amazon affiliates pays somewhere between four and eight and a half percent, depending on the volume that you're doing. So yeah. let's just right. let's just round and say that um, you're doing five yeah. percent or something, mm-hmm. okay? So five percent of uh, twenty five dollars is a dollar twenty five. It's eleven dollars. It's dollar twenty five. <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> so dollar twenty five. So how many of those would you have to sell? In order to make a, a full time living, eleven in a month, AeroPress. In a month, AeroPress let's say month. You, let's say you want to make eleven thousand. God, Caleb. Let's say you want to make eleven thousand. That's the way to get Caleb. It's just make horrible math. Totally <laughs> math jokes. Let's say you want to make uh, twelve thousand five hundred dollars in a month. How many would you have to sell? Twenty five AeroPress. Ten thousand AeroPress. I got to sell ten thousand AeroPress. If you're making five percent, got it. Done. How, how likely do you think? How many AeroPress do you think are sold? Keep just... going with the math. So, how many people would have to come to your page, and then that's a great question. Yeah, yeah, so, let, so let's so do this. So let's you do convert this. at what one percent so maybe? Yeah. So one per, So you convert at one percent. Mm-hmm. So you have to multiply that last figure ten thousand by a hundred. So now mm-hmm. you have to have a million visitors in a month if they convert at one percent in order to make twelve thousand five hundred dollars a month. Easy peasy. I just need to so go buy some answer. Google ads first. Just get that'll drive tons of, of qualified leads. <laughs> All right, now to let's my... deduct the the cost of the Google ads and figure out how much you have left. That's why I like hanging out with you guys, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? It's Caleb. T- so let's uh, in our context, like how much do we make from Amazon affiliate stuff, or what's our best quarter been? Do you think best quarter probably low free three figures? Yeah, like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, it's, it's bucks. not our strategy. It's just passive mentions of stuff. Exactly. On yeah, and you know, sites, but- like we we wrote a post recently, and, and and it's typically our our we normally put the affiliate Amazon affiliate links in there, and in the context, I just didn't feel right putting the affiliate links in there, like because you know what. I'm used to hovering over the thing and seeing the little tag. Yeah, you know what I mean, with the little dash twenty at the end or yeah. whatever, and. When I hover over a link and I don't see the little tag at the end on someone's site, I'm like, oh, immediately, like, trust factor goes up for me. Maybe it's just because they're dumb and they didn't know about it, or maybe because they're smart and they did and they chose not to do it. Yeah. Right? But it felt, 
because it's so not really all that valuable. If I am linking to a camera that I'm doing an extensive review of, you know, on a $600 camera, on a $1,200 camera, right? Then, then that four to six percent goes yeah. up a little bit yeah. more, right? But, uh, but in the meantime, here's I, a, I, I don't know. I don't see it as a viable so, uh, solution well, unless you're not, playing in massive. It's traffic. not our, it's not our bread and butter. And yeah. to us, it might end up meaning like an extra, like couple tenths of a percent revenue boost for the yeah, month or something. Yeah. But um, the the issue is there's a couple of issues. I mean, first of all, it's it's all about the the match between the people who are coming to your site and the thing that you're offering. Yeah. So, you know, you could end up maybe if you had a really good match, like in your case with the AeroPress, do better than, you know, a, a percent or a half percent mm-hmm. conversion rate or something. Um, but for us, it's like we're recommending a book, and that's yeah. not why people are coming to our site necessarily. Now, with physical products, which is what Amazon sells mostly, um, the the rate is just really low. I mean, you're going to earn four or five or six percent, whereas you can sell an information product and earn fifty or sixty percent in some mm-hmm. cases, which yeah. means you'd have to sell ten times less mm-hmm. to make the same amount of money. So for us, you know, we do have months where. Affiliate marketing might represent twenty percent of our revenue. I mean, we might sell, you know, five or ten thousand dollars worth of affiliate stuff in a month, um, but that's because it's a really good fit for our audience, and we're yeah. selling something with a much higher affiliate. For example, rate. like a Bluehost hosting, right? Right. That's a service, a digital service for hosting of a website. We have people searching all the time, landing on Think Traffic, how to start up your first website or whatever, right? right? And we tell them, listen, we recommend going with Bluehost. It's an, if, if you do that, you help support this site. Um, and also, they, here's how exactly to do it. You push the button, you say yep. go. You know, it's very simple. Yep. Um, so it serves two purposes there. And in that case, you know, we could earn 100 bucks or something from a referral to yep. a hosting provider versus uh, earning $1.25 by selling an AeroPress. So, and, and I'm on, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm on the, it's really easy to be a douchebag doing affiliate stuff, right? Uh, it's it's really hard to make your own thing and support yourself doing it. You know, both of these things are true. Um, and some, I've, I've, you know, every blog that I've started out who that always had meager traffic. I was always trying to do. I was always just putting in the affiliate links to. No, it was all Amazon at the time. I was never selling any any affiliate uh, any information products or anything like that. Yeah. But um, but it, I don't know. There's this there's this draw. There's this draw. Like people think. Passive income. They read like they, they land on, on Pat's site, smartpassiveincome.com, and they see, holy God, I never even thought about that. You know what I mean? And they're like, all of a sudden this is possible. All of a sudden I can do it. And they don't real and you you don't really get all the all of the sense that like, oh, this is gonna take a very long time. It's gonna be very hard. It, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. not, not that it does take very long or that it's super, super hard. And more but importantly, just that, what? And more importantly, you don't think about the the the, the chicken and the egg problem. It, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if I put affiliate links up there, is that going to forever screw my chances of getting enough traffic to ever make the affiliate links pay off? Yeah. Because they sense that you're just after making a buck or whatever. Yeah. You know? Caleb, what are you hearing over there? Well, I think we're spot on with the Amazon affiliate links. I mean, just just look at Pat's income ports, like you were talking about, where he's making you know five, even six figures now some months. And last month he made three hundred and forty-eight dollars on Amazon. So it's he's not making his affiliate income off of Amazon. Wow, it's just stuff there. passive. You know, that's a very very yeah. small. Percentage. Now let me let me share a, a let me share a counter example though. Um, Digital Photography School run by Darren Rouse. It's massive site, massive like hundreds of thousands of RSS and email subscribers. Um, 
I don't know the specific details anymore, but he used to run reports where he showed the income that he made mm-hmm. from his sites. And he made 20 or 30% of his income from Amazon affiliates, I think, the last time I looked, because he's mentioning cameras and lenses, gear and yeah. lenses and all this stuff that's fairly high-end stuff. You Somebody might click through on a camera and buy you know, a thousand dollars worth of equipment. And if you're selling enough of it, then maybe you're earning like more like seven or 8% from those sales. And you might end up getting 80 bucks from that person who clicked through and bought that camera and that lens and that sort of stuff. So he, um, Darren used to do a lot better with Amazon affiliate stuff. And I think he probably still does. So the moral of the story here is, um, if you count on Amazon, you might be really disappointed. If you try to go just for an Amazon thing, you're probably gonna be disappointed. If you are in an industry where you can sit, where you can be promoting really high end, like expensive stuff, like yeah, there's there's some payout there. The hard work is still building the audience, getting the people to your site. Be and and frankly, if you had the choice between, we would all say this: if you could choose between building something that drove a bunch of people to your site or building something that had a really solid, committed, uh, interested audience, go with the go with the latter and plan on the long haul. You know what I mean? Plan on ha- building a, a committed and in, and like invested audience, engaged audience yeah. over the next twenty years, instead of how do I drive you know a million page views this month? Yeah, you know. So that that's what our uh, that's what my my anything else to add on on this to for uh Joaquim? Just just dub it in. <laughs> I'm not going to try again. I embarrassed myself twice already. Well, I hope it, it shouldn't be offensive that we we, we don't Joachim, know how to Joachim. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah, just one other thing. I would love to just put it out there. Anyone listening to this, if you hear us talking and it sounds like we're talking out of our ass, like we don't know what we're talking about because you have firsthand evidence that something that we're saying is not exactly true. Like, let's say, for example, you run a site that has a ton of Amazon affiliate sales. On Reach just out. like small ter- like on books and stuff, you make a you make yeah. you know your ten your ten thousand dollars. Whatever. Month on your books. If you have a case study you want to share with us, we'd love to. We we love case studies. We'd love to talk about people. If you hear something that you think we should know about, reach out to us. Hey guys at fizzle.co, tell us about your story. Hey guys. Hey guys. <laughs> I think you have to start the email. Hey guys. <laughs> All right, Caleb, we got another one. Yeah, so we have another quick one about traffic, and it's about the difference between good and bad traffic. My biggest problem is how to get traffic. You could have the greatest product ever created on the most beautiful website ever made, but if nobody knows about it or gets to see it, then what good is it? How do you get good traffic? Well, Trevor is nothing if not A, brilliant, and B, brief. Brief. I like that. We like brief. I like that. That was good. Okay, Trevor, um, so similar to Manisha's question, I think we would probably end up saying similar answers, right? I think I know your answer. What would what would my answer be? <laughs> Make something people want. That's 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 certainly one way to go. Solve solve cure cancer or yeah. solve the hemorrhoid issue. Yeah, make something for people's bottoms who have bottom problems. Exactly. Um certainly we got you got you always got a uh, in the in our world uh, in our world there's two there's more than two, but maybe right now let's think about it in terms of two parts. What the what the business is, or, or what the I don't know what the product is, or what the business is on one side, and then the tactics of the other st- of getting people to under to learn about and understand the business. The tactics is the marketing and the messaging, the copywriting, and all of these things that fall into this camp, right? 
every, I mean, more often than not, when I'm looking around online, I see people looking for tactics that haven't thought about the business, you know? Uh, and one of the, or biggest, the audience or, or, or the, you know, well, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe yeah. the audience is a third piece or, or whatever in fizzle. We're, we're, we're toying around with, uh, we're, we're not toying around. We're de- deeply invested in figuring out our own strategy to this thing be, uh, based on what we've all experienced, what we've done working with other people and all this other stuff. And, and we see like an, an, a minimum viable audience and a minimum viable product as two, two parts to this, to this solution. Uh, or sorry, two parts of the business. Okay, you're looking at me like like I'm sort of crazy over here. I'm making sense. Sometimes I look at people in a crazy way, and really, it's just that I'm thinking to myself, and it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> That's funny because my insecurities <laughs> say otherwise. Um, so, so uh, what I'm getting, what I basically, what I'm, what I'm really getting at here is, it's really easy to think there's a magic bullet in a tactic. To think you can just get on someone's list or career or right or how do I get traffic? Like it's this bolt-on thing yeah. that has nothing to do with the rest of your business. Think about let's think about some examples here. I'm thinking of Brett Kelly's Evernote Essentials. How yep. did he get traffic? I think he built a he wrote a book that uh, answers common questions that he himself had with Evernote well, and that lots of other people had with Evernote. Well, before that, Brett spent about six or seven years in the personal development productivity blogosphere, yep. getting to know people um, for nothing. I mean, he spent six or seven years getting to know people, publishing, and right. And he was he was writing at Nerd Gap, right? So he yeah. was he did have a blog, but there was nothing to sell there. Exactly, right? he was exactly. probably tr- like all of us trying to do some Amazon affiliate link thing, trying to do some like just a little <laughs> bit on the top to make it somewhat worthwhile. But in the, I bet you, if you asked him, like he would say the same thing I would say, looking back at a father apprentice or a write to me and these other sites that I've done, where it's like, I'm glad I did it. It developed who I am. Yeah. And it showed me how this thing works. It's funny how much we've grown to really hate the word traffic over the years after having made it the centerpiece of what we do for so long yeah, or because, what I do. Because it really, the question for me is, how do I find the people who want what I make? Or how do yeah. I build an audience of the kinds of people that I know I can serve yeah. as opposed to how do I use some tactic SEO, social media, whatever. You yeah. Know? It's definitely colored for us because, you know, we know what it's like to have, uh, just so many hundreds of thousands of visits per month that are worthless, mm-hmm. you know, that just bounce right off, Yep. you know? And so it's, it's not about the number of traffic. It's about, it's about how do you get 10 people to that site in a month who are interested, and then 10 the next month, yep. and then 10 the next month, and then keep a relationship with each of those 10 as you move forward. And how do, at the end of 365 days, you have 120 people who are super interested, like I did the math there, I actually tracked with it, because um, 12 months. Did you 12, think about this earlier 10, and jot no. it down? No. Yeah, I've got, actually, I'm looking at my notes here. Um, but how do you then uh, create something that those they're interested, they're engaged, they want this thing, you uh, you make the thing for them. You sell it to them at a profit, right? The, it solves their problem. They're grateful. They're excited. Guess what? They're, you continue to serve them and more like them so that not only do you sell to them this one thing, but then the 2.0 version or this other, you know, uh, supporting product over here or this other, like, this is, a, that you can look at it from the perspective of instead of like, how do I get a million people to, to the best product site ever made? Instead of that, how do I get 10 Ten of, of the right people to it. Yeah, uh, it, it makes it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And also, um, you know, I think a lot of people. It's like, how do I get traffic? How do I get traffic? I, you really need to think about 
how do I make something that people desperately want? Because the traffic techniques are the same no matter what. We, we talk about them all the time. People ask SEO, social media, content mm-hmm. marketing, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Like it's basically the same techniques. Let me share another example here of, um, of a, a couple of ladies who are in Fizzle. They run a site called, um, simplegreensmoothies.com and they have this ridiculous story over the past year or so. They have grown to a, Hundred thousand person email list wow. in a year. Okay, okay, just FYI, if you have, if you're not familiar with, there's traffic people to your site, yep. and then there's how many people are willing to say, "Hey, here's my email address. Let me know if you write a new post or if you do anything interesting. I want, I'd like to know about it." Yep. you know, yep. that that number is so 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 much smaller than the amount of traffic that you have typically. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, what, how many people do you give your email address to? Basically, is the yeah. question there. Exactly. It's it's yeah. It's it's a it's a big thing. To so give having a hundred thousand people on an email address <laughs> in the course of a year, yeah, that's right? Crazy. So so we can you know um, you can look at you know the growth of you know different sites and whatever. And a lot of times, what it comes down to is just putting your finger on the pulse of something that a lot of people want and that isn't being well addressed by anyone else. Mm-hmm. And you would think to yourself, like simple green smoothies, like what. How, why is that so yeah, popular? Totally. You know, well, evidently, there a lot of people are into simple green smoothies right yeah. now, and maybe the way that they did the branding because it's simple yeah. and because it's a smoothie and not juice or something, whatever they, you know, figured out what the zeitgeist is around. Yeah. Or they just right they just happened upon it, right? They were one they were wanting to solve this problem for themselves, exactly, and they and they just lucked out. Which, by put, the way, the problem being solved here that for me. When I went on this site for the first time, the about page uh, talks about one of the one of the ladies' favorite smoothie. It was like all the stuff you would imagine putting in a smoothie, like a blueberry and a raspberry and like something else. And like, oh, like, oh yeah, that's all that stuff. It doesn't feel all that healthy. It probably sound, but it probably would taste great. And then she's like, and a couple handfuls of spinach in that thing. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. Yeah, you know, because all <laughs> of a sudden it's like. Uh, it's good for me too, totally. but it's also got the blueberries. It's tasty as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blueberries are really good for you, though. Oh man, aren't they? They are. I just need a handful of acai berries. There. So, so my my point is, <laughs> these ladies, um, you know, and 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 not to not to just say they lucked onto it because they're actually business people before they have another venture before this, yep. and they're looking for opportunities, and they identified this as an opportunity yep. that was close to their hearts. They put it out there, but the but the point is, you know. It became a rocket ship in terms of growth, not because they were really clever about the tactics, yeah. but because they they found something that people really want. And to that to that effect, one more thing for me to add is just uh, if you look at it for the long haul, and not about like how do I get all this traffic and do all this stuff. If you look at it like I'm going to solve this problem in ten years, I'm going to have an awesome solution to this problem. Yeah, and I'm going to be the number one guy in this, meaning uh, or gal, guy or gal uh, in in solving this problem. Be, you can do that, even if it's solving like the category, the problem of categorizing, you know, uh, creatures in Star Wars. Even if it's that problem, you can be the number one in that. More so than even you know being in smoothies or being in whatever. Like if you get specific, if you get small, if you get interesting. You know, one of the things that Paul Graham says is it's really hard to see the size of tree that'll grow from the from the seed. You know, yep. when you're looking just at the seed, yep. which is so wonderfully um, poetic. I just, I just think it's beautiful. It's really beautiful that image of the seed growing. Are you going to the, like James T. Kirk mode now or something? 
I, I was about to. <laughs> Where was that guy? I was thinking about now. the PBS painter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the it, was a happy oh. Little, it was a happy little seed. Um, so uh, anyways, the point, being, if you look at the, if you look at the long haul, if you can get into like solving a problem over the course of the next few years, instead of just right now, you end up approaching things differently. Mm-hmm. You, you, what probably much most important to me is I, I stopped calling myself a piece of shit. I stopped being so hard on myself sure. for not knowing all the right answers right off the front, right off the bat. You know what I mean? Instead, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to know the people. I'm going to be a good person to the people. I'm yeah. going to make the thing. Yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to work with with find out who the the other people in this industry are. All that stuff. That's all massively important. Uh, but for the sake of argument, to to help her brother out here, uh, Trevor needs some tips on getting people to his side. Writing amazing things that people link to, and that, that's that's awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, writing on other people's websites that have big audiences, and something that's super valuable for that audience, and saying, oh, by the way, my name's Trevor, here's my, here's my website. Yeah, being here. a guest author being on a different guest sites. Author, yep. uh, you know, uh, and by the way, I've noticed the word, I noticed the verb, guesting. Guesting. Hey, I'm guesting on thing traffic Guess, today. Hey, yeah, I'm, you know, sure. I, I'm like, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I don't know how yep. I feel about that. Um, what else? What what other just quickies? We have a we have some. We can link in the show notes to a couple of blog posts. We have like 42 timeless ideas for attracting more visitors to your mm-hmm. website. Boom! There you go. Nailed it. Um, Let's just assume that it's all in 42 timeless ideas. It, th- pretty much anything we're going to say okay. might be in there. So that'll be in the show notes, and we're not going to list off all 42 here. Sound sound good? So Trevor, thanks. Uh, you can get in touch with us at Hey Guys. <laughs> at uh, corbettbar.org uh, or fizzle.co. <laughs> um, uh, let's, uh, let's get into, looks like we've got time for, for a couple more. Let's, um, Caleb, take us away. All right, so here we got a question from Martin about evaluating markets. Hey, uh, I have a potentially stupid question here. Uh, is there some way to quickly evaluate whether a market is profitable or not? Because it seems to me that the cheapest business is the one that you, you never start, that you never waste time on. Thanks. Okay. I mean, I love how cool Martin sounds. <laughs> he sounds like like James Dean, and so he's like, he, he's kind of yeah. He's like he's like I don't know if I really have time to like answer this, ask this question right now. But you can you can find me at the coolest entrepreneur dot biz. Um, <laughs> I am. Uh, I love that though. That's some laid back stuff. So what did he? What did he say there? That was interesting. The, yeah, the, evaluating markets. But but the uh, the 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 bit he said about um, what is it? The the best businesses are the ones you never start or something. No, like the that? cheapest. The cheapest. That's, That's true. Right. That's true. It's true. Um, so what he's what he's getting at here is I have ten business ideas. How can I tell which one of these uh, has? And he's specifically talking about the market size of this thing. It's tough. First of all. One of the things we, we always do is we look at the competition. Whenever I'm designing a website, I look at the competition first, and mm-hmm. then I want to hear what makes you different than them. You know, um, Because when there, when there are people out there who are doing the same exact thing, that's actually a good thing. That mm-hmm. proves that this market exists. And, that, and then I can look at, okay, what are they selling? What are their messages? What, are the, what does it look like, the, the problem that they're solving or the pain points that they're targeting in their copy and their this, that, and the other? Yep. Um, because that, to me, is, is what comes to, to writing the story of this business, is there's a dragon that, that needs slaying. Yeah. People out there are, are, are tormented by this dragon, 
and we need to slay the dragon. The dragon might be hemorrhoids. The dragon might be uh, uh, erectile dysfunction. The dragon might be like a lackluster relationship with my bride. Religion, uh, the, the dragon might be um, not enough fiber in my diet, not enough interesting things in my smoothies, right? Yeah. Whatever the dragon is, yep. you, you, you label it as the bad guy and you create the good guy. Right. This is what a, you know, you, you solve that problem. You make something that people want. Um, so when I see a market with a lot of competitors in it, I see, first of all, OK, this market exists. Second of all, are there too many competitors? Is it like if I was starting up a blog right now, I certainly wouldn't tr- start up a uh, live your passion blog or a travel bo- blog. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah, that's the thing. There's a there is a point at which a market is what they call saturated. I think yeah, with with competition, it is a good thing. And you know, I would rather I think I'd probably rather ju- jump into a thing that where there are a lot of competitors, but I feel like I have a good way to differentiate myself and yeah. rise above all of those competitors mm-hmm. versus a completely unproven market where there's no competition at all, most most likely because there's not really any, any demand or everybody who's tried has failed in the past. Yeah. That's a little sketchy to me mm-hmm. the ideal scenario i think is that you look into a market and there are like a couple three four ten players who all started within the past year and who are all just killing it like yeah. totally dominating because there's obviously there so much there, yeah. so much demand and there was no one there and you know it's a it's a fast moving yeah. new segment that's yeah. really exciting what about you caleb well i think that even market analysis is a very old school business plan based you're going to pitch to someone that's going to fund your company kind yeah, of thing yeah but i like what you're saying about just seeing if other people are doing it and if you can do it better than them yeah and, and even if you can't if you're more dedicated than they are yeah that that and if you or if you have some angle or if you like some unique approach for yeah. me for for me a lot of the time like for me with fizzle like we're not the only people in the uh training entrepreneur space you know what i mean we are we're, we're not no hey guys i got some news oh, for you oh man <laughs> but uh, we should have done. A I've never. I, I I defy you to find someone who's who's more interested in this than me, or who who cares more about this than me because of the the deep personal struggles I've had with it. It hasn't been about like oh darn I didn't get money. It's like it's like no. It's like oh darn I'm a piece of shit. like oh darn I don't know who I am. It's become it was it was always been a really personal struggle for me um and the and the victory in it has been a victory of about personal discovery self-discovery right you know what i mean that's why it's so it feels so i don't know it feels so to me yeah you know i guess yeah so the what you mentioned caleb about uh you can be the one who's more dedicated who's more gritty who's more honest who's who says the more you whatever cuss words who those these are the differentiating factors i mean really mm-hmm. you know your goal as an entrepreneur is just to reduce the risk as much as you can yeah. you're never going to eliminate it you're never going to prove that oh if i put something out there you know it's yeah. going to be a magic hit right off the bat you yeah. don't know just like paul graham said you don't know how big the tree is going to be by looking at the seed now the um the thing is that the sort of current hot approach here is sure do your market research try to see if it looks like there's an opportunity there but the next step is to eliminate the risk by first of all getting as close to the audience and customer as you can yeah. from the beginning yeah. don't just like toil away in you know in solitude and then put something out there get close to your customer right away and put as n- minimum effort into it as you can 
to get your first product out the door to prove that people are actually interested and willing yeah. to pay for yeah. the thing that you created. Like this is what we get to with uh, in Fizzle. We're developing these revenue excursions where it's like, how do you go make your first dollar? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do you do that? Just just to say to prove to yourself. Half the time for me, it's like as a founder, just being having the confidence now. After I've made you know twenty five dollars selling to twenty five people, this one simple thing I made, it's like oh okay 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 okay. That'll change your life as an entrepreneur when you do that for the first time, right? Because you're like oh my gosh, like I can't believe I thought I was an idiot. Like no one's ever going to listen to me. Yeah, and now all of a sudden this happens. You yeah, know? and I feel like I feel like in a couple of, <laughs> a couple of these answers we've been a little harsh, like just on the topic in general, sure. and and you know looking back thinking about. Um, Joachim, who asked um, about Amazon affiliate stuff, it's like kudos to you for earning a dollar to begin with. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. For seeing what it takes and for actually earning, that proves something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so there's so many people, so many businesses that never earn a dollar, so many people who are playing business, yeah. not actually doing business. Absolutely. I like that. Um, so, uh, I mean, we're talking about, you know, validating a market, which also, you know, in old school business terms, like you said, Caleb, comes with, you know, what's the market size? What's the potential? And those are actually really good questions to have. I think I've never been bright enough to ask them, frankly. Um, It's always been, you know, to a fault, I've been very me focused. Try it out and see. What am I into? And then if it's a painful enough thing for me, like I will, I'll just assume that it's painful for other people. Um, but yeah, to your point, Corbett, the, the lean startup method of, of, yeah, get You know what? Start up a Squarespace account, spend $8 a month, see how many people you can get, uh, to the site based on a handful of interesting things you've written. Uh, yeah. how many people sign up based on how much traffic, uh, you're getting, you know, so if you get 10 people there and one person signs up, well, that's, that's better than normal, you know? Yeah. Um, and so j- just little ways to do the thing. And cause what, to me, what's, also very interesting is what does it feel like to be making that kind of stuff for you personally? Because if you're going to make a job out of this thing, you got to realize it's going to just be a job at some point. Yeah. And you're going to have to face the question of why am I still working on this when I feel like such a crap head when I'm doing so? Crap you know? head. Cra- See how I doo-doo head. Golly. <laughs> God, doo-doo head. Um, okay, so we should we should draw this to, con- to conclusion here. How many did we get through? I mean, four. 27? Four. Oh. We have we have so many more. So this like, is, a question takes us like ten or fifteen minutes. This is great. Each. So, uh, uh, how do you feel like this is gone? I like it. I I enjoy this. I could do this more often. I think we should do our next episode like this as well. But let's see. All right, we'll we'll do that, and then we'll wait for you guys listening to write us at hey guys at fizzle dot com. Hey let guys. us know what you think. <laughs> I like that. Um, hey guys. So are you saying we'll 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 publish this and then. Uh, we'll do regular episodes, and then I don't know. based on the feedback from this, we might publish the next one, or we'll do an or we'll do another one. We'll just do another one, I think. If you guys hate it, we'll we'll, yeah, hide, we'll guys, hide it in shame. If you hate it, we'll hide it in shame. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, in conclusion, I have I have one. I actually have a question to bring to you guys. Yeah. In um in a in a little while, I'm going to Portland for a conference, the XOXO conference, which I went to last year, which is just pure magic, um, and. I'm wondering personally for each of you guys, what do you do in terms of preparation before a conference, if any? That's question A, preparation. Question B, do you have any tips and tricks while you're at a conference uh, to sort of make it the best experience? 
For you, for you individually. I've actually Caleb, written about this on things. Yeah, Africa Caleb's going to have some good answers. Okay, for let, let, I, I think it was the first post you ever wrote, wasn't it, Caleb? Yep. Really? So, okay, just give me a, give me like uh, two of your greatest hits from that. Specifically, if you can put them into the uh, preparation, and because I'm trying to think of what should I do on the front half, and then what should I do when I'm in there. So the first thing I would say is your elevator pitch. So have something interesting that you do that you can talk to people about because people are going to ask, oh, what do you do? And they want to hear about it. Sure. Yeah, so just being ready to, to answer that. You know, that yeah, is, Go listen to our episode on that specifically. Which is number 18, I believe. And then the next thing is actually look at the schedule and figure out what you're going to do. And if you want to go to certain breakout sessions, like talks that people are giving, parties, get-togethers, things like that. Yeah. Obviously, if you meet people and you make new friends and they're going to do something, then be like flexible and everything. But I think the biggest thing for me was knowing, okay, I'm going to go to this person's speech. And so if I'm going to get a chance to talk to them or ask them a question, I want to have maybe read their book or read what they've been doing recently. So I have something relevant Mm. to talk to them about. Yeah, And you can also reach out to them in advance. So when they meet you in person, it's not I don't know. It's not a cold call. It's like a cold handshake, basically. Yeah. Like they recognize you. So I've done this before with people that have spoken at conferences <laughs> I've been to. You know, you comment on their blog, you reply to them in tweets and leave reviews for like their podcast or their books or whatever. Yeah. And then they at least know who you are and they recognize your little avatar picture. Well, I'd recognize your little avatar wherever I found it, Caleb. <laughs> I wouldn't recognize that for sure. That's a good idea, actually. Realize, going and seeing who's going to be there, which of these you are probably are already you've seen online, and and how you can kind of somehow connect the dots before you even get there. I think that's probably a pretty big deal. What about you, Corbett? Uh, get some sleep, hydrate, take some vitamins, get ready. Oh, that dude, sort of thing. That's such a big deal. How many times have you gotten sick, like right before a conference <clears throat> or right after? Yeah, Ugh. and I don't mind getting sick after. Yeah, because normally you're going pretty hardcore for a while. You yeah. know, you're staying up late, hanging out with people, talking. But like, don't fly back from Italy the night before you have to go to a conference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, for me, you know, I'm actually doing that. You are which yeah. conference? Uh, financial bloggers. Conference. Oh, that's right. I remember you have. <laughs> I get back from Italy and then I wake up at like six to fly. It's a pattern. So I didn't learn anything from you. Oh gosh, it's a fizzle code <laughs> trademark. Fizzle, yeah, well, I guess I got to go to Italy now. So. um <laughs> I mean, for me, conferences are way less about the talks and the speakers and stuff yeah. like that. For me, it's mostly a chance to meet people that I've known online mm. in person and finally like connect the dots. And more importantly than that, I look to make friendships at conferences and spend good quality time with people and not just people that I have on a list that mm. I think I want to get in touch with. I really leave myself open to kind of go with the flow you know, find out where people are hanging out, go get introduced to new people. And you might meet a Chase Reeves at one of those, or, you know, somebody that um, really ends up changing the course of your business. That's true. That's how we met. Yeah. Hmm. At a conference. And so (laughs) you can just keep talking. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do at XOXO? Um, I'm gonna. This is this is how I typically. And I never felt <laughs> this, is how I this typically way work. before. Damn girl, this is how I'm gonna work at this conference, girl. <laughs> um, I'm the same way. Where it's it's all it's normally like I have so much fun with people and and you know there's, normally there's a handful that I kind of have small time relationships with and I, through the conference I get to know them a lot better. Um, looking back, that's been really an integral part. Mm-hmm. It's been important. 
Um, so getting to know those five people that I already kind of knew better, even if they're not like, you know, like the way I see it is like there's top tier, there's middle tier, and then there's like third tier. And I'm a third tier guy. You know, top tier is like Merlin's and Merlin Mann and Gruber, John Gruber and like all these guys that I'm super <clears throat> interested in. They're, they're like gods to me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yep. Second tier like are, are, have just been where, are where I am, but they've been here for like longer than me. And they're, they are, they have a kind of a seniority and they're, and they're also interesting, but they're not the big mass level people. And then there's the third tier. It's me and, and everyone like Scrappy me. guys. And frankly, I'm making the kind of commitment to like, I want to invest in the third tier. Because in 10 years, we're going to be running the show. Exactly. You know? And so and to look at thing. it over that long haul, yeah. it, which seems to be... It's, a, rare, it's rare to like connect with a, an A-lister or yeah. whatever and make a deep connection. It's really easy to con- find your peers who are obviously going to be somebody, yeah. people who know their shit, and connect with them. And then, yeah, like there's so many people that we know as a group yeah. who three years ago... We're just starting out, and now they're like huge names, you know. Yeah, that, that, so that that's been a new sort of. That's what I learned at WWDC this year, the Apple Developer Conference, is, is like, yeah, I could, I could, you know, go be some lemming somewhere trying to shake Merlin's hand, and I wanted to do that, and I did get to shake his hand, but it's at the same time, it's like that's not as meaningful to me as having beers with Brett Kelly or meeting Matt Alexander and, and I Mike and all these other guys, and, and like falling desperately in love with th- these people, having making literally lifelong relationships. With the third tier, and, and there's so much life there that that allows me to be me and comfortable in my skin, and that's one thing that I've certainly learned is like, you know, what's the, like we've said, I still haven't found what the quote is, but beware of any uh, endeavor that requires a new wardrobe, you know, suspect any. It's a Mark Twain quote, or I don't know. So I can I can definitely count on being a slacker. Beyond that, <laughs> exactly. I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. And I've been Caleb Lawrence Watson. Oh! Special, special day. <laughs> that was just out of the blue. I just didn't even, I wasn't even in. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, I get a little fired up every time Caleb mentions his last name. You know, he doesn't do it very often. And it, it sure feels good when he does. So there you have it. Think more about the interesting things you can do to get people talking than the tactics of traffic. Thanks to Manisha, Joe, Trevor, and Martin for your questions. You can ask your question, too. Please do. We, we want to hear your voice. We want to hear what you're struggling with in your business. We're, we're going to do our very best to answer them. You can go to fizzleshow.co, and you'll see the little link uh, in the green box to speak your, your question or, or write it out. We prefer to hear your voice. By the way, how awesome that we have a question from, uh, it sounded like Scotland, India, Germany and and an America like we're so international that's so great fizzleshow.co slash 22 that is uh, where you can go to find all the notes that you need to from this conversation you know we've been having some great conversation in the comments on these blog posts um, and I'd love for you to chime in like what do you think should you give up on thinking about traffic or not also you, you will find all the notes of everything we, we mentioned here so that is f-i-z-z-l-e show.co slash 22 listen who do you know that should be here who in your life is creatively trying to make a living can i ask you to please send them an email introduce them to the show maybe help them download the itunes podcast app or whatever right you, you clearly know what you're doing here you are listening 
We want more of the good people in here, and I think you can help our little crew grow. Again, with good people, people you you like, all right? We'd love that if you could introduce some folks to the show. Listen, no matter the traffic, the metrics, the numbers, the strategies, make something you feel great about and be yourself. Find a few people this week to introduce to it and build your empire one relationship at a time. Thanks. I've been Chase Wardman Reeves. We'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. All right. See ya.